Okay, today is Sunday, April 26, 4 o'clock in Seattle. And today I have a pretty cool person, pretty cool photographer, actually pretty awesome photographer on board today. Her name is Jen Devereaux. And uh, she's a concert and event photographer from the New Orleans area. Uh, pretty, she lives in Mississippi, but I've seen a lot of her work. And she's like the house photographer for one of the venues in, in New Orleans. And some of her work has been featured in Rolling Stone, Billboard, People Magazine, and Rock Sound. Um, some other highlights that I've caught on some of her uh, you know, bio stuff on, on some websites and Instagram and all that good stuff is that she's also... She had also been on the Nikon panel at CES in Las Vegas, and I knew of her prior to her concert photography stuff, but thanks to Matthias Hombauer and his How to Become a Rockstar Photographer podcast, I got to know more of her, and I got to see some of her awesome concert photography. So without further ado, here's Jen. Jen, introduce yourself. Hi. Thank you so much for the great intro. It was very sweet. No problem. Um, yeah, I live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um um, but New Orleans is my market. We don't really have a lot of big concerts here in Hattiesburg. So I travel to New Orleans several times a week to shoot shows. Um, I have three kids, um, Savannah, who's 20, Clover, who is 17, and Lux, who is eight years old. I'm, I'm married. Um, and, I mean, I have a day job, too. I mean, who doesn't these days? Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I don't anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah, okay. it's tough right now. And uh, a lot of people are are it's just really tough, but yeah, um, I work in a clinic during the day and then, um, when concerts are still going on, I travel to New Orleans several times a week after my day job mm -hmm. to go shoot shows at the Fillmore in New Orleans, which is where I'm a house photographer, like you said, and, um, I like what I do. Nice. So everybody has their own story as to why they got into photography. What came first, your wedding photography or concert photography and what got you into photography? Uh, definitely it was concert photography first. Um, wedding photography was just supplemental just to help pay the bills. Um, uh, I guess what started me in photography is I always really kind of um, loved playing with cameras, film cameras when I was younger. Um, I loved music, uh, you know, as we all do as concert photographers. We all started out loving music first. Um, I would go to local bookstores and stuff and you know, rifle through music magazines and, you know, I just loved seeing all the pictures and, you know, I would go to concerts and I would be like, you know, I, I really just want to get good pictures. And I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would sneak in, um, at the time, like we weren't allowed to have, it was like on the digital age mm -hmm. of photography, like right. where people still had disposable, but they were still using um, digital cameras, but digital cameras weren't allowed in the festivals, but disposables were for some reason. So what I would do is I'd go buy like a brand new disposable camera, new in the box, I'd take the camera out and I'd put my little Sony point and shoot in the box and glue it shut with some super glue. And I'd just bring it in. They would think it's just like a normal like disposable camera. And I'd bring in, I would sneak in my digital camera that way. Of course, I, I didn't have great shots with that little point and shoot, but... I mean, it was better than the disposable, I guess. But um, that's how I started. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I know when I was trying to get pictures, that's all I cared about. Like, you know, I was in the zone. I wanted to get pictures. I didn't care. I mean, I cared about the music, obviously. But it was just, I don't know. There was just like the zone I would go in. And I really wanted to get good shots. And so I was like, there's got to be a way that I can do this. And I would see these, these 
photographers pile into the photo pit in, in, in front of the barricade. And I had pushed my way all day to get to that barricade. I was like, I could do this. I've got to, I've got to find a way to do this. So, um, I took on a second job and got my first like entry level digital SLR camera. And, um, I reached out to a local newspaper and was like, Hey, can I, um, if you give me a, um, a photo assignment, I'll give you pictures for, for the newspaper. And they're like, sure. And so I got my first photo assignment. And from there, I just kind of reached out to like my local radio station because they were always promoting concerts and they let me shoot for them. So, I mean, it kind of just went from there. I just found a way, you know, to make it work as a job. Nice. Are you still there? Sounds like you dropped off. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so did starting with concert photography, then you segue into other stuff. For me, starting with concert photography, you know, you had to learn how to do all the exposure triangle stuff really quick, how to keep your eye open, situational awareness, all that good stuff. I found that it made it easier to shoot other stuff. Did you find something similar or did, did you come to the same conclusion? Um, as you're talking about like shooting so for example like, things yeah, before you, I started shooting concerts. Yeah, you go out and shoot concerts and then you know, you get used to shooting in you know almost virtually darkness and fi- fast pace and all then you go shoot weddings, you go shoot portraits and everything else seemed to be easy compared to Yeah. I don't know. I kind of was I think I, I honestly if I could go back in time I could I would probably, you know, tell myself, you know, hey, you need to learn your camera better before you jump in a photo pit because I literally didn't know anything about my camera the first time I shot in a photo pit. Um, I had worked with film cameras, but for some reason, like the digital SLR, I I was shooting on auto. I was shooting JPEG, not raw. And um, I I look back at a lot of those pictures and they're terrible. Um, But I will say that kind of throwing myself in there, I I learned a lot more about how to... um, change things, change my settings faster, which eventually helped me with weddings because, I mean, in weddings, like, you've got, especially if you're the only photographer at a wedding and you don't have a second shooter, you know, you're doing everything. So you're getting, you're getting the people coming down the aisle. Then you have to go and run and get the shot from behind. So you're, you're constantly having to think about ahead of time. Um, and I think shooting concerts really helped me shoot better at weddings honestly and and sports too i mean i've done a few sports things but um i don't know i probably if i could go back in time i would learn my camera a lot better um before i would jump in there like that (laughs) so do you uh, you on your website you've got your portfolio and you've got a bunch of different genres of work you know concert photography and whatnot weddings portraits have you ever ran across people who are like you know I don't know if I want to hire you for my wedding because I see a lot of concert photography stuff. I've ran into that issue before. That's why I've had to split off everything from my concert photography things because I've lost quite a bit of gigs that way. So have you experienced anything similar to that? I mean, no. I mean, if someone has judged me based on my concert photography, I've not known about it. I've actually gotten more jobs with wedding photography because of my concert photography. They, um, they see my website and they're like, Oh, those are really cool concert picks. And they were like, they were like, if you can do that with a concert, then, you know, I would love for you to shoot my wedding. And I've even had this one sweet wedding photographer. that was like, 
I mean, wedding uh, bride, she she was like, it's so cool that you shot all these famous people and now you're shooting me. I feel famous. <laughs> and I was like, that's so sweet. Yeah. But I mean, I've not had any problems like that. I mean, I do try to um, separate so that when they're looking at their, the wedding pictures on my website, they're not like, it's not mixed in with concerts. Mm-hmm. So they're not having to dig through it. And, you know, I do think that it does kind of, I mean, you have to, you have to kind of, um, I don't know, you have to kind of edit your website for what you want to be hired for. Right. But I just make it so that there's an, a separate tab for wedding so I can send like jindyphotography.com backslash wedding. I can just send them that link and they can get to it. Or if they are like any kind of Google SEO, they're going to that page versus like my, my homepage, which is concert photography. Right. You know, I tried doing that too. And on more than one occasion, I've had like, you know, you do really good photos, but you know, I saw this picture of Slayer on your, <laughs> on your website. So I don't, <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's cool. Whatever. You know, I get it. So you know, living in the South and the Bible belt, you would think I'd have more problems with that. Maybe people are, aren't just like, I mean, I could have, I mean, it, very well people who like may have checked out my website before contacting me first were like, um, you know, they could have been like, uh, right. I don't know. <laughs> see devil music on there. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and, and so I, I had one other photographer, I was at a workshop and he, he brought it up also. And he's like, dude, I really recommend you split it off and you'll, you'll find that you'll have more people coming to you. And then I haven't really seen that much of a difference, but I don't run into like the whole, you know, I saw Gene Simmons breathing fire all over your webpage <laughs> anymore. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So, <laughs> so how did you uh, get, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, uh, how did you become the house photographer for the film war? Well, um, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how it is in bigger cities, but like in New Orleans, it's, it's not small, but it's not big. And so the, you know, I shoot at a lot of venues in New Orleans, you know, for various outlets. And so I got to know a lot of the marketing managers and things like that. And they're all friends and they all know each other. So um, I feel like I had a good relationship with a lot of them. And one of them just happened to be Alex Rosen, who um, she was, she did a lot with House of Blues and, and Live Nation. And so when there was talks about the Fillmore becoming a venue in New Orleans, like it was in the process of being built, um, I had heard through the grapevine that Alex was going to be moving from House of Blues to um, the Fillmore. And so I had a good relationship with her. And so I reached out to her and I said, look, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're not thinking about it yet, but um, when, you know, you're looking for a house photographer, I'd love if you would possibly let me put in my application or consider me and she's like actually you're at the top of my list to ask so I'm glad you contacted me and so um I think it had a lot to do with um you know um I just I just knew I had a good relationship with a lot of the marketing managers in the area so um I think that just had a lot to do with it I mean she knew me and I knew her so it worked out yeah, people don't understand that, or they don't realize how important interpersonal relationships are. You know, at a personal or business level, you know, how you treat people will eventually come back to either reward you or haunt you. You know, and I've seen oh, absolutely. I've seen some amazing photographers who've got really bad attitudes and wonder why they're not 
the person or why aren't they selected for that job? And it's like, well, you know, maybe if you weren't so sour, if you weren't so negative all the time. Yeah, you know. all the time. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, too. They're, they're, I've seen a lot of photographers who feel like they're entitled mm-hmm. to shoot something because they've been shooting for so long or they've been published in a magazine. But at the end of the day, that's not what matters. They're, I mean, a lot of publicists or um, venues, I mean, they're looking to see what outlets will fit that event or that artist they're not really i mean i don't think that i mean i'm sure talent has something to do with it but i don't think that that's their at the end of the day that's not what's making them make that decision so none of us are entitled and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it or who you are you're not you're not guaranteed anything right and there's you know we belong to a couple of groups together on facebook and you see the same person or the same group of people saying the same thing over and over again oh I've shot them before. Why can't I shoot them now? Or do they realize how many followers I have on Instagram or who I shoot for? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. And so there have been times where, you know, other, um, whether it's outlets or magazines or whomever, they'll get denied a show and I'll be working for, or I'll submit for the show for a website that doesn't have a whole lot of traffic. And I get the gig because I'm usually really cool with the person or like the, the promoter, like, especially if it's a live nation show, I got a really good rep, you know, relationship with the point of contact that I use. And there've been plenty of times she's like, the only reason why you got the gig is because you've always been a really nice guy, whether you got approved or whether you got turned down, you always end your, if you get turned down, you always end it with, Hey, thanks a lot. Maybe next time or something along that line. And I find that goes a long way when you just be cordial about like, thank you. And maybe next time. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is, you know, publicists will, they're going to, they're going to remember you if you were an ass and they're going to remember you if you were really nice. So, I mean, make the effort to be, you know, a good person because, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily always fall on just the publicist. I mean, there is a chain of command Mm -hmm. that I'm sure like it's going through. They're not always the, um, the last say in something. So when you're, you know, fussing at them for something, you know, they could, you know, I just, I don't see the point in that. Like, and plus I will say as a bit of advice for people who are having like problems with, um, maybe getting approved is try to reach out to other outlets, like different types of outlets just to have on hand. So if you really want to shoot a show, like, I mean, I have several different kinds of outlets I can shoot for. I can shoot radio, um, I can shoot online blog. I can shoot um, wire agency. Um, so if I know that like Justin Timberlake is coming through to New Orleans and, you know, it's not at my, my Fillmore venue, but I want to shoot it. So, um, but I know I've heard that he's not approving wire. So um, he's only approving, you know, um, outlets that do a full like show review with it, not just photos. So I'll, I'll kind of like, cater to that and if it's a show I really want to shoot like I'll figure out which outlet I want to shoot for based on if I know what's going to get approved and another point to bring up too is along with those groups that we belong to sometimes PR people or representatives for the artist or record label are in those groups as well and they see what people are posting and they keep track of that oh yeah absolutely I had a actually, and you know, I have a good relationship with this um, PR company, 
now, but I, at the time I felt terrible and it really made me reevaluate um, because I was in one of those groups and it was for a festival. And I just remember someone was in the group complaining about the festival that I had just shot at, um, that there were so many people in the photo pit and they were using their cell phones and whatnot. And um, I was like, yeah. And I, and I, I remember there was this kid that was in the photo pit and he was like bragging to me about like how he doesn't even have a real outlet. It's a fake outlet and he got approved. I don't know how I got approved. And I, and I remember that rubbed me the wrong way. So I made, when, when someone was posting about that in there, I, I commented, yeah, there was some guy in there too that was commenting about how he had a fake outlet and got in there. And so the, the PR person for the festival just happened to be in that group and she knew me. And she reached out to me personally and she said, Jen, why didn't you come to me about that? That makes us look bad. Um, you know, you, I mean, and then I told her who it was because she was asking who it was. And she's like, oh, we knew about this guy. It's actually a satire magazine for the local, like, university. And they wanted that coverage in the university magazine. Even if it was a satire magazine, they knew about it. Um, so it just made me look bad. And I, ever since then, I've reevaluated like my view on things because I even like, for instance, you know, talking about cell phones in the photo pit, so people get so mad about that, mm -hmm. but you don't know if these people are with the artists and they're getting like social media, um, coverage for their, their Instagram or whatever. Um, like for instance, when I shot at iHeart, um, they had a specific girl that was literally there to do, um, to send on to the iHeart socials. And I had people like, there was a picture of her in like in one of my shots and they're like, why is that girl, um, when herself with her cell phone in the photo pit? I'm like, well, she's, she's actually working. She's paid to do this. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that, that some people are there for a reason. Like they, that's social media stuff is, right. is through a cell phone. Or they could also be fans who paid a lot of money to be in there through VIP. I've seen that happen quite a bit yeah. too. And they don't necessarily well, and have. And that's on the artist. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have a, 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 a credentials pass that differentiates them from you and the photographers or so security or whatever the case may be. And so you get these, like I shot King Diamond late last year and there is geez, there's like 30 fans in the photo pit and other photographers were complaining, but I'm just like, you know what? These guys and gals paid good money to be in here. And I'm just going to ask them, Hey, if I come near you, would you be mindful of my presence? And I'll do the same for you. And, and once you build a rapport with those people, they're like, yeah, man, that's, that's totally cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. So. Yeah. These people are like super excited to be there. I mean, and I think about it too. Like when I was before I was shooting concerts, as a job, like I was a fan and a lot of people need to go back to that point where they remember when they were just a fan at a concert, because this is what got you, you know, to where you are, you know? Um, I just feel like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that I, I like seeing people enjoying a concert right. because that's what I remember doing when I was, before I became a concert photographer. Yeah. And speaking of fans, um, has there been any like really weird run-ins or anything that came up with fans that you're like, Oh man, I can't believe that just happened. Um, I'm trying to think. Like for me, for example, I uh, mean, I, I was shooting at an Amana Marth show and I get to the front and I, the people up front, they're all, of course, all dressed like Vikings and they're all getting ready to throw down or whatever. And, uh, and so 
all of a sudden I get like all this food and stuff thrown at me. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, oh, you need to get out of the way. I'm like, dude, I've got three songs, man. And plus there's 10 other photographers are going to be here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've had any crazy fans. I don't know. Like I just had like, I I mean, I, I remember one festival like coming out of the photo pit was like after the first three songs of an art. I can't remember what artist it was, but this guy in front of me like he had obviously like crowd surfed to the front and you know he was walking out as we were and he was covered in blood and I was like I don't know if that's real blood or fake blood but I'm just gonna avoid it but I ended up getting a picture of him this wasn't a war was it (laughs) no it wasn't it was it was I wish I remembered what show it was oh my god it was was at a Katy Perry show So as, as the house photographer at the film or what are some of your uh, favorite moments while working there? Oh gosh. Okay. So we've, we've only been open. I mean, a little over a year, but I would have to say my favorite moment. Okay. So Foo Fighters were supposed to be the kickoff to the opening of the film war. Um, they were going to have two nights and they were the first show at the Fillmore, but then Dave ended up having, um, I believe it was shoulder surgery or, um, and he ended up having to postpone it. Um, but when they came, well, they were supposed to have like a, um, they were even supposed to have a Mardi Gras festival cause it was supposed to be, I mean, a, a parade because it was supposed to be during Mardi Gras. So they were going to have their own parade with like throws and everything, um, with Foo Fighter throws. That didn't end up happening, which made me really sad. But when they finally came, I was super excited because I love the Foo Fighters. And when I got there, um, Alex told me, um, she was like, by the way, um, we need you backstage to shoot some pictures of the band with some guests and some of the staff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be that close to their role. And that was probably the best moment of my life. But also the one of the worst because I I'd like to be professional and I don't want to be one of those fangirls. So I didn't ask for a picture, although I've always wanted a picture with Dave Grohl. But he was just like so nice, and I got some pictures of the staff with with the band and some guests, and it was just really cool. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I would say probably Lizzo. Lizzo. It was funny because they booked Lizzo prior to her big like her going like huge like she became huge after they had booked her and so it was completely packed to the brim the two nights that she was there and so it was really cool to see her in such an intimate setting because she was like you know she was she would sell out big i think she would sell out big stadiums but um that was really cool i mean garbage i love garbage one of my favorite bands that i grew up with they ended up coming to the film more so that was really cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think if there's anything, any other cool shows that were there. There's a lot of them, but favorites. So I would definitely say Foo Fighters for sure. Nice. So other than being on the Nikon panel at CES and finally getting your dream of being able to shoot the iHeartRadio Festival, what are some of your other career highlights that come to mind? Um. Okay. So I would have to say um, getting published in Rocktown Magazine was a huge deal for me. Um, it was just it was just so cool because it was like a full page picture. It was when um, 
uh, I shot from first to last at um, a small venue in New Orleans. It was supposed to be part of like an after show for Buku Fest. Um, that was a really cool moment. Um, I think I'm so terrible. I have the worst memory. And you think that like accomplishments will be at the top of my memory, but Nikon was the biggest one and iHeart Fest, I'd have to say, is one of the biggest. Um, getting to shoot that because I had, you know, I'd gone to work there as a live photo editor. Um, and to get a shot at shooting that festival is such a big deal because it's really hard to get in. They have their photographers who are fantastic and there just happened to be um, an opening for one. And they knew that I really wanted to shoot it. So they gave me my chance and I was so excited about it. That's awesome because I bet you a hundred bucks. They're probably getting just crushed with submissions. Like I want to shoot, I want to shoot. And it's just like, (laughs) it was, I, I, it was just like one of those things where they had asked me to come back to, to live photo edit. I was like, of course. And then like um, a day or two before I was supposed to fly out, um, Catherine, the editor, um, reached out to me and she was like, look, she was like, I, I know that you had you know, said you wanted to um, shoot at some point. Would you still want to do that? And I was like, I was like, are you joking? <laughs> um, I was like, oh, of course, I would love to. Ask another dumb um, question. So that was like a huge deal. I freaked out. That is that is very, very cool. And I, I got to tell you, though, um, speaking of the Nikon panel, I know that Todd O'Young got you on there um, or had something to do yes. with it. Um, I've, I'll be honest with you. I ran across his website. I shoot shows prior to running across Matias's website, you know, HD Barp and I don't know about you. I'm the type of guy who's kind of like, oh, I kind of want to reach out to this person, but I don't want to bother them very much. And I can honestly say I've messaged Todd a few times, especially recently when he put out his creative live, how to shoot concerts, um, video tutorial. I bought it. Good, good stuff. And then also answering some of his stuff on Twitter. And he is a very personable guy. And I'm, I'm like, wow, man, here's this dude who tours with everybody shoots in the biggest venues and he's still grounded. That's awesome. I, I, that's a, I wish more people were like that or had that mindset. I will, I will tell you, he is, I look up to him so much because he is just a huge advocate for everyone in the concert photography business. Like he is the biggest help to everybody. He supports everybody. He has the best advice, you know, and when I, first started console photography it was it, it's a competitive field and nobody wants to give you advice and you know I remember like googling you know what setting should I use for for console photography and or something like that and his his website popped up his images were like exactly how I I would want my images to look very crisp colorful and so I kind of like I think a lot of what I see in my pictures is because of him um, I would go to his site for everything. And I remember, you know, several years, like a few years later, I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I got the nerve up to email him. And I was like, he'll never respond. I was like, I'm sure he's busy. And he responded and he did it right away. And he, he gave me the best advice. And it was a long email. He, it wasn't just like, you know, Oh, Hey, yeah. Um, try this, you know? And then it was just like, he it was so personal and, I will. I told him when I finally met him. I actually met him at iHeart when I was editing. He was one of the photographers, and I was so excited to actually meet him. And I was like, I was like, 
I, I emailed you a long time ago. I, I've always loved your work. And he was just always so nice. And then he reached out to me about Nikon. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like, that's such a huge deal. He, you know, um, it was a true honor because, like, it was kind of like full circle. Like, I looked up to him and he brought me in under his wing. And it was just such a such a great experience. And I can only speak good things about Todd because he he really just is a great supporter of everyone in this business and if, if no one is following his Twitter you really need to because he has the best advice and he'll he'll answer your questions and and find his um, blog on his website ice2shows.com there's a lot of good information on there too if you're starting out with concert photography or just kind of want to know what it's all about he's a great ally in this business yeah and I'm really lucky because I live, I'm, I'm sure you know who Mike Savoya is, Iron Mike. Um, he's been on. Yes. So I, I, I love his cruise photography. I'm, I'm really lucky. I, don't, I only live like maybe 20, 30 minutes from him. And before I started shooting, I would run into him at shows. I just moved up to Seattle from California in 2008. And I found him on Facebook, I believe, or I, I found the local radio show um, radio station because they sponsored all the shows that I wanted to go to. And so I started following him. I friended him and, and he was always a really nice guy. And I saw him at a Megadeth show. My son, Zach and I went to a Megadeth show here in town and we, I'm like, no, no, no. It was Judas Priest. That's right. It was Judas Priest in Seattle during um, the Epitaph tour. And uh, I'm like, Hey man, are you Iron Mike? He's like, well, yes, I am. And so we just started talking and we've been, <laughs> and, um, He's another one of those guys who's really cool about, you know, helping up and coming photographers and telling them the one thing he told me that, that really stood out was because I was an icon shooter at the time and I hadn't, hadn't graduated the full frame yet. And I was complaining about how my images were coming out. And he's like, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now, as long as you get the shot and it tells a story, nothing else matters. I'm like, well, my, no, my pictures are all noisy. He's like, dude, look at half the stuff I post. Embrace the grain go with it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been trying to follow that mindset. And I've noticed that when I go shoot now, I'm more relaxed about, okay, I don't really care about low lights. Oh, I kind of care about low light. You kind of have to, but I don't make it to the point where I'll say, okay, shit, man, I, I can't edit this in post. Now I'm, I don't worry about that too much. I try and salvage it as much as I can or, you know, I, or have the mindset, okay, I shot X amount of frames. I don't have to worry about turning in 30 photos that are great. I can turn in 10, they'll be fine. And so the, the funny part is that you have photographers out there who may not be as successful or don't have the traction and they're the ones with the biggest chip on their shoulders. And I've got, <laughs> I came, I, I was lucky. I got, I started late and I, I got some notoriety fairly quick and I've got bands who call me who are like, Hey dude, we're going to be in town. Can you come photograph us? Yeah, yeah, no problem. But I got a couple, you know, like my jujitsu coach, James always says, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. So I've got the haters and it's actually, it's pretty funny. I mean, have you experienced any hating yet? Or do you have people who are like, Oh man, I can't believe she gets to do all this cool stuff. Or I mean, if they are, they're not doing it to my face. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like to me, I guess I don't, if, if they are that way, I don't notice it because I myself personally feel like, um, I'm really hard on myself already. So like, I don't feel like I'm where I should be. I mean, I'm, I've been doing this since 2008. So um, I feel like my, I have been developing myself 
slower than most people. There are some people that jump in this and they've, they've got their contacts, they've, they've been on tour and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I just, I don't feel like I'm moving at, I'm, I'm moving at a gla- glacier, glacial, glacier spe- uh, pace. And I'm just like, all these other people are just doing so many things. And I'm just kind of like, I've been doing this for 12 years and I'm just now where I am. So I don't, I mean, I don't think that, I don't ever think that I'm like, I deserve this, but like, I feel like I have worked really hard for a long time. So maybe I just don't notice it if people say something like that. <laughs> well, maybe you're lucky too. Cause I, I, these people, they've, they've blocked me everywhere and I got friends that screen grab their stuff and they send it to me like, look what so-and-so said about you. I'm like, eh, they're thinking about me. So that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> don't care. That's right. I, I, I mean, I got bigger things to worry about. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Like some people are like, why is she getting this? I'm way better. You know, cause they're, I mean, that's the thing about this business is for every photographer, there's 10 other photographers that are probably better than you. Um, and I, that's the way I look at it to keep myself going anyways. I mean, because I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. Um, but I can't sit, sit there and, and spend time being like, why am I not doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I try to, that's a, that's a hard thing with, with photography too, is like, you see all these people doing all these awesome things and you're like, you try to compare yourself to them and you're like, well, maybe I did this, I could do that. But I don't know. It's just like, I try to, when I get down on myself like that, I try to send out a, a few resumes mm-hmm. and then like, hopefully one will like catch <laughs> But, um, I don't know. It's hard. You ha- it's hard not to compare yourself to other people. And I see a lot of that in this industry. Um, but like, again, we, we don't, we're not entitled to anything. So if I'm not getting something, it's not because I, you know, it's not because I deserve it. It's just maybe they just didn't need me at that time, you know? Right. Yeah. And also, again, it goes back to the mindset of like, how do you, deal with like getting turned down for a show or what I'm just like, you know what? That's cool. And it frees my night up to go do something else. That's right. That's a good way to look at it too, because I mean, there's no point in like being down about it and getting on Facebook and telling the world Mm -hmm. how you you got denied. It just makes you look bad. Right. Or, you know, I'll I'll get a friend like, Hey Mike, you shooting the show tonight? They'll, they'll, you know, we'll be on Facebook, whatever. And he'll, well, I got credentials for this show. Hey, Mike, are you going on it? Nah, man, I got denied, but it's all good. <laughs> don't, I'm not saying yeah. I don't care. It's just that, you know, I just save myself an hour round trip and a couple hours staying up later, editing the photos and writing up a review. And it's no big deal. You know, I just, I got six hours of my life back. So do you, do you travel a lot too? Like from where you are, do you have to like travel to like get to the venues? It depends. So most of the shows in Seattle are within a, our, our drive or so, uh, there are times where bands will go down to just North of Portland, Oregon, and I'll drive down there. So every once in a while, depends on who's playing. And that's, man, that's like a four and a half, five hour round trip drive. And there's been times where I've gone out to the middle of Eastern Washington. And that's again, another four and a half, five hour round trip. So it depends. I don't do it a lot. Um, the one time I went, I shot Slayer was up in Canada. So I did the six hour round trip drive for that. So just because it was Slayer <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was a good show with Anthrax That's, and I Death mean, Angel. So. I mean, worth it. <laughs> yeah. And, and plus, you know, um, you know, I, I would take Zachary with me and he loves going to shows and, you know, sometimes I'll get fortunate and they'll comp me a ticket and where he can get in or I just, I just buy the tickets for him too most of the time. And 
So it 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 depends on who's playing and yeah. You know. What's the farthest you you've traveled for a show? Oh, uh definitely Portland. Portland, Oregon. It was uh who was it? It was a band called Lordy. <laughs> uh they they for whatever reason I had like double booked like one of the show they were gonna play in Seattle. So I called their tour guy and I'm like, Hey man, can I just shoot them in Portland instead? He's like, Yeah, sure, no problem. So I went down there and did it. And um, the venue, oh, that's awesome. yeah, the venue was kind of, it was one of those old theaters or, you know, that they've converted into a concert hall, but they ripped everything out and they just left the stage and they left open floors and a bar. So there was like no pit, no barricades, no, like, um, no upstairs, just, uh, it, everybody's moshing and doing whatever they're doing. I'm trying to take photos. I was like, okay, I'm, that's three. I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets tough when there's no barricade. You have to get really creative to stay safe and keep your gear safe, but also get a good shot. So Yeah, and then uh, normally I try to find out if there's a pit beforehand because there's been a few times where I've gone to a Seattle venue and they haven't had a pit and people try to grab my gear or they try to knock it out of my hand. It's just like I don't I don't do shows like that anymore. So Oh, I know. I think I think the worst thing that happens and it was just, and it wasn't that there was no photo pit. It was that I was trying to cut through the crowd to get to the photo pit. And I don't know why I did because I have access to the to the backstage area, being the house photographer. But for whatever reason, I decided I was going to go through the crowd and get to the photo pit. I think it was for a day to remember. And this guy, he was obviously inebriated, and he thought that I was trying to get in front of him. And I was like. I was like, hey, no, got my camera. I'm trying to get to the front to shoot. And, like, he shoved me. And I had my backpack on me. And, like, next thing I know, my lens is falling out of my backpack. So I think he pulled the the bag and, like, unzipped it. And my 70 to 200 lens fell. And it was never the same after that. I had to get a new one. It was the worst. Was that shortly or was that shortly before I reached out to him? Like, hey, you could borrow my 800 to 200. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much for letting me borrow that too. You know, that is, I mean, that's just right there. That shows like what a great guy you are. Just to even be like, Hey, I'll let you borrow my lens um, while you need it. I mean, that was so nice. The funny part is it's still in the box. She sent it back in. <laughs> I, I have no use for it. I have no, well, I have no Nikon gear anymore, but uh, a friend of mine named Mark, Mark Sigiuma up in Seattle, he still shoots an icon and I'm like, Hey dude, if you want it, you can have it. <laughs> and that was before. The- I was like, Oh, I, can- I cannot believe that he was just offering up his lens. Like that. that was so sweet. Well, see my, my attitude is, is I've had so many people help me out over the course of my lifetime. I, I do believe in either paying stuff forward or, you know, cashing in some karma points, so to speak. So it was not that big of a deal. It wasn't an issue. Like 20 bucks, I sent it out there. Ah, no big deal. So she can enjoy it because I just sitting here collecting dust. So. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, speaking of gear, like if being 12 years in, into this, like you would think I would have accumulated a good amount of gear, but my gear is probably the oldest and most used and beat up gear. Like, I still shoot with my Nikon D700. I've got, I think the D850 is probably the newest thing other than replacing that 7200 lens. Um, I just, I don't, like, spend a lot of money on gear. I'm not a gearhead that buys new gear every time it comes in. I mean, don't mean to get me wrong. If I was, like, a millionaire, I'd probably be buying new gear all the time. But um, I don't buy new gear. If it works, it works. I don't, 
I don't really spend a lot of money on gear. Yeah. I don't remember which camera body it was, but I remember you posted a picture of one of your cameras and it was just dusty and beat up and duct tape. And I'm like, Oh man. And it still works. That's, that's the D 700. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had that thing for probably 10 years now. And what's funny is both my cameras now have this pink stain on like the grip from Guar. Um, I think that um, it's a badge <laughs> of honor to have fake blood like stained into your camera. Right. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, like, you know, a badge of honor, so to speak, and the wear and tear on your cameras. Um, my buddy Matthew, who's here in, in the same town that I live in, he does videography. And, you know, one of the people that he works with said, you know, what's the point of having this gear if you're not willing to go out there and use it the way it's meant to be and get it destroyed or get it, you know, just mucked up or whatever? Because if you're if you're a good cinematographer and you're getting paid pretty well, you, know, you should be getting paid very well, then you, you can afford either the insurance to get it replaced or you can pay out of pocket or you write it into your budget when you, uh, you have your gear list for your client, when you do your rentals, you know, Hey, because of this, you're going to pay this. So, and, uh, exactly. And Matthew's one of the few guys that I know who's actually, he gets into the shots and, uh, he was telling me about this one situation where he's in the back of a truck laying down, you know, belly down on a, and he's holding the camera on a gimbal outside of the tailgate. And he's just like, they're hitting all these bumps and, and he's just flying all over the place, but he's like, I got the shot. <laughs> and, That's awesome. and that actually his, his willingness to do stuff that no one else is doing, got him some really good work recently. He, uh, you know who Jason Mraz is? Oh yeah. So he got to work with Jason Mraz down in Oakland, California. And then the new video he just put out, Matthew worked on the video. So, and also did the choreography for, which, uh, I'm really happy to know that he actually that did that. Very cool. So he's a go-getter, man. Yeah. yeah I, can, <laughs> I don't, I think the, probably the worst thing that I put my camera through other than Guar, um, is, I, I don't know, like every time I shoot welcome to Rockville, there's always some sort of weather related, like trauma that happens to my camera. Um, I think it was, was it last year? One of the years, um, it rained like it was torrential rain and it happened just as I was getting into the festival and I hadn't like I have I wear my cameras on holsters or not holsters but um the oh uh the camera straps my, my brain yes so the straps uh the whole uh anyways the so black rapids um but I hadn't had a chance to even like it just started raining out of nowhere and I, didn't, I couldn't even put my poncho over me. I couldn't even put my cameras up. It was just, I had gotten so soaked to that point. And I remember my, my DA 50, my new camera had just gotten like destroyed. And I was like, there's no way I can't, it's coming back from this. Like it's not going to work. So I ended up using my D 700, I think for most of the day. And I tried to use my D 850 some, and it was just giving me like errors and stuff on the screen. And so I ended up putting it in a bag of rice overnight and it and it miraculously worked the next day i was so thankful but um that's a testament to nikon they they make their their stuff uh heavy duty for sure um but yeah i think bad weather has just really been something that I've, I've dealt a lot with with my cameras and what are some of the challenges you faced as a concert photographer i know that you know one of the common themes or horror stories you hear are how women are treated in the photo pit which i think is just absolutely appalling and um I don't know if it's just a machismo thing, but guys need to stop being dicks in the photo pit. That's for damn sure. So. Yeah, I've 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 encountered a, several different um, 
I mean, it, it is hard. I think it's getting better for sure. I mean, when I first started shooting concerts, you know, girls in the pit were um, few and far between. But now I feel like there's more girls in the photo pit than there are guys. But I have experienced, you know, some pretty shitty remarks towards me like, oh, um, like, um, which one of the band members are you with or something like that? I'm like, I don't have like $12,000 worth of gear around my body to be with a band member. Like, also, um, I had a really bad experience with a, a security guard one time. And I, I usually have really good relationships with security guards. This was a new festival I had shot at and I had not really dealt with that security. And this guy, like, felt the need to keep shoving me into the barricade even when nothing was going on, it was between sets and, you know, he just like shoved me into the barricade, just like walking by and there's this huge pit. He just comes up to me and shoves me into the barricade for no reason. Um, that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But, and he, I found out he did it to another girl in the pit too, not any of the dudes. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's gotten a lot better as far as that goes over time you know, I feel like women used, I mean, they're still getting treated a certain way. I mean, I talked to a photographer the other day um, who told me that she had an issue with a security guard basically picking her up and, you know, shoving her. And I just like, I don't know, that's, you don't put your hands on people like that, especially if they're not doing anything, you know what I'm saying? Um, that challenges, I guess, females in, in this industry, it is harder, but I feel like it's getting better. But also too, I feel Another challenge that's kind of um, different from that is um, being in a small town in Mississippi. Travel is like, I have to travel everywhere for things. So um, travel, I I feel like I would have more opportunities if I lived in a bigger city. And I've had like a lot of chances to do things. But because I wasn't in that city, um, it's obviously budget is flying someone out is a lot more expensive than hiring someone that's there. so I feel like that's a challenge for me too. So speaking of travel, um, what's what's your travel time from home to the Fillmore, for example? Well, well, it depends on how fast I'm driving, but usually <laughs> about um, an hour and a half to two hours, depending on traffic. So, and then I do that probably like two to three times a week. Oof. Um, yeah, it adds up for sure. And then there's parking because nothing is free parking right. in New Orleans. Um, I'm hoping you're tracking your miles yeah, for tax not, reasons. <laughs> well, I, you know, I tried doing that, and for some reason, it wasn't enough to like warrant like itemizing or something like that. So, I stopped like saving parking tickets and all that kind of stuff because it wasn't really doing me a favor. Um, really? Wow, that's I mean, that's pretty interesting because uh, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I'm not good with taxes, so I'm not sure if I'm doing it correctly. Well, neither I am I. File, that, that's why uh, I hired a CPA to do all that for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm love. Uh, I just as an independent contractor, so I don't know if that makes a difference or not. But well, well what I was told, and it could be different everywhere. But um, since I'm in Washington State, and I I'm one of the I know a lot of photographers and you probably do also who, who work without a business license. And since I wanted to be legit, I've got my license. I'm, I'm licensed, insured and all that good stuff. And because of that, you know, I do count my mileage and parking tickets and or what I pay for parking, not parking tickets, but uh, everything else. And even that's, you know, 
whether it's weddings, whether it's portraits, whether it's concerts, everything gets put into this bucket that my CPA will deduct as itemized items. So, so I guess I'm pretty low. Well, I definitely need to hire a CPA, I feel like, because I'm, I, I don't think I'm doing it correctly. Yeah, and then also if you buy new gear, depending on how much you spend, you get that depreciation scale. So you they uh, depreciate it over time. So let's say you spend two grand on a camera, they're going to depreciate it $400 a year until you get to zero. So every year that's a, that's a deduction from your taxes. You could do it in a lump sum, or you can, earn, but most companies don't last more than two years when they're first starting out. So they rather you have the sliding scale, so to speak, when it comes to the, the depreciation scale. So, um, like oh, I, I guess, I guess I just may be lucky. I just found the right person to help me out. So, well, I definitely need to hire a CPA. I feel like I've been wanting to because I feel like that I've been hearing everybody else like say like you know itemize your mileage and all this kind of stuff and. And I, I plugged it in the TurboTax the way I thought I was supposed to, and it was just like nothing changed. Right. So. Yeah, that I did that one year uh, with TurboTax, and it said I owed money. Then I realized like there's something not right here, and so went to, going to the CPA. Yeah, it's a little expensive, but once you spend the money, and you re- I'd rather spend the four hundred bucks to have someone do it right, and then be told that either a I don't owe money or I may get a few bucks back, as opposed to. Thirty nine ninety five on TurboTax to be told, oh yeah, you didn't deduct enough, so you owe like six thousand in taxes now. I'm like, no, that's not cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, so some of the other challenges I'm sure is, you know, I did you have any weddings booked for this year that are all of a sudden getting canceled or rescheduled because of all the pandemic that's yeah, going on? It's, you know, and I was trying to start stepping away from weddings. And I had, I picked it back up because I was, I was wanting to replace one of my camera bodies. I was like, well, I need the money, you know? So I was like, I'll just pick up a few weddings. So I picked up a few weddings and, you know, I have one bride. It was supposed to be actually two weekends ago was supposed to be her wedding. And I had reached out to her the week of, and I was like, I know it's a crazy time we're going through right now. And I'm sure you have, you're, you have a lot on your mind right now, but I just wanted to reach out and let you know, you know, if you want to reschedule, just let me know your date or whatever. She never responded back. The wedding date like, came and went, obviously. I mean, they can't do anything right now. Um, it's, just, it's just a weird time right now. Um, I have um, a couple more weddings that are supposed to happen, and it's just, we really don't know. I mean, I don't foresee anything happening anytime soon. Um, yeah, it, it's tough i feel so bad for the for the couples too because they they don't they didn't plan i mean i was looking nobody planned for something like this yeah no no one expected Um, it yeah you know and and also um i don't i don't know how it's going out there but here there there's a small percentage of people who are still going through with their weddings and there's still a small percentage of photographers who are still doing the photography stuff Hey, you know, whatever what people want to do, that's their business. I don't care. Just don't bring it around me if you get sick. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I booked a few weddings and I reached out to my customers and I'm like, hey, if you need your money back, you know, I'll be because I do deposits. I don't know about you, but I do. I ask for a certain amount up front just to book the day. And so just because I reached out to these people first and I'm like, Hey, I'm willing to give you your deposit back minus whatever service fees there are for the contract, uh, for the credit card transactions. They were like, dude, no, 
it's okay. You know, just hold on to it. We'll go with you when we're ready and when things can start opening up again. So I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've got my clients who are still holding on to my services for when the time comes. So, and I know a lot of, Oh, that's so good though. And there's also people who are complaining like, Oh man, I can't believe they canceled on me and they want a refund when my contract says I don't do, do refunds on my retainers. It's like, you know what? That means either one of two things are a, you're, you're not cool about your refund policy or B you spent the money <laughs> and you should. Yeah. So sure. that, I mean, that's a controversial topic, but for me personally, I don't spend, I don't, I don't count that as revenue until after the job is completed plus 60 days. And then I transfer it to pay myself. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, something like this, it's, it's one of the things that's just like, I see both sides because if for instance, you know, you've, you've, you've taken that date off your calendar and you didn't book anything for that date, you, you know, you're kind of missing out on business. If, and that's why that deposit's there, honestly. It's like, to me, it's like I, I'm holding the date um, of service and I have turned down everyone else that wants that date. So therefore I've turned down any other business that I could have gotten from shooting anything that day. Um, so I see both sides of it. But I mean, like most, I mean, think about like all these like contracts that even like festivals and stuff have, like, um, I don't even think pandemic is in the wording of any of their contracts. I mean, I guess act of God would be considered that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like working with people is, is kind of important right now because I mean, they, they didn't, it's not like they're like, it was their decision to not have the wedding. Yeah. Speaking of shows, man, a lot of those shows are booked out, you know, six, 12 or even 18 months in advance. So you have to wonder like all these big summer festivals are coming up. I know what was it? The, you talked about the one uh, like Rocklahoma, for example, I think they've canceled out or they they're pushing it back a year. And, oh, yeah. and then, you know, people are wondering, wondering about the whole Motley Crue poison Cinderella tour. And, you know, I, in a couple oh yeah that's still up in the air right and i saw something about on twitter they commented something like um they they, someone said they they canceled and and the that either instagram or twitter account for motley crew responded back nope um so it's not officially canceled um but i mean i just don't see how they're gonna i don't know i don't know how they're gonna work that because a lot of festivals are pushing it out till like fall of next Mm -hmm. year yeah exactly and like for example uh in two weeks, three weeks journey starts out here on the West coast. And, you know, there's no word yet as to whether their shows have been postponed or canceled or not. And you've got, I think, I wonder if it has to do with, you know, a time frame. like if they waited out for a while, does that mean they get their money back? If they wait it until like it's, it's canceled by the city or something, I don't know. Yeah. So it's still up in the air. And, but the, when I went to go look at the event discussion on Facebook, a lot of the people, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there was you know, a small percentage of people like, oh man, I hope they announce it soon, whether it's going to get canceled or not, because I live in Canada and we can't get across the border right now because of what's going on. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like I've got tickets, like me and my husband, were going to go see Alanis Morissette in Nashville and in July, they haven't canceled that yet. And we're just like, well, we're not going to go like if they, even if they were to have it, but I'm just curious when they're going to announce to cancel it. Because I mean, 
I understand that people are like wanting to wait it out to see, but at the same time, like people plan travel and all this other stuff and they have to like cancel all that kind of stuff. So right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I know Hangout Fest canceled, Voodoo Fest, which is in October, they are not doing it this year. Yeah, but, you know, also Nolan's had a really gnarly outbreak, too, so that's kind of Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it was ba- it's bad in New Orleans right now. And I honestly haven't been back. I just remember the, the week before everything started canceling, I shot a show at the Fillmore, and then there were supposed to be two more shows that weekend, and they got canceled, and I haven't been back to New Orleans since. Um it's just been really bad down there. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, been, I haven't been into Seattle since February. Yeah. Maybe early March. And, um, and which is, uh, I've been tempted to go, excuse me. <clears throat> I've been tempted to go into town just to see what it's like because people are locked down. But then I'm like, the, I'm like no, I can't do that. One, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> B, I have to worry about my son, Zach, because he's at the tail end of this whole immunosuppression because of chemotherapy and all that good stuff. Even though it's been every year, I got to worry about that. And, but it's like, oh yeah, and so it's just, yeah. You know, I I don't know what to make of it really, because you know, I want to see things get back on track. I understand things are going to take a while. Things are not going to be normal. There's going to be the new normal, and you know, even stuff like like Testament, for example, they canceled because the guys in the band got infected while they were touring Europe. That's <laughs> that really sucks. So. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say that. I am ready to shoot shows again. Like I've missed it terribly. But one thing that has come out of this that I really kind of like appreciate is that, you know, I was just a person that was constantly on the go. I I mean, I worked a day job. I would go to New Orleans, you know, two to three times a week. And then I'd be shooting weddings on the weekend or portraits of families. And, you know, I have kids. And so like I was constantly on the go. And one thing that I hated was, um, you know, turning down a show because I didn't want to see like other people's pictures and see how what I was missing out on that that FOMO, you know. Right. But I feel like this is the first time I've had a break where there's no like dread of FOMO because um, everybody's nobody's doing anything right now. So like I've had a chance to really kind of just kind of regroup and relax and you know take some time for myself and. I've spent more time with my family than I have in a long time. So it's been, it's been something I feel like I really needed. It's a positive that has come out of this. Um, Now I'm ready to shoot shows, but I did appreciate having that time to kind of regroup. Yeah. One thing I'm definitely appreciative of. And, and one thing we were were used to was the whole staying at home, being mindful of temperatures because we have to watch out for Zach and, you know, if his temperature spiked and that's, that's trouble and, you know, sanitizing, cleaning, all that. We were all, we were used to all that said, and really nothing's changed for us in regards to that. And uh, the one thing I'm really appreciative of is even though I'm, I'm not working right now, I'm really happy because I don't have a whole lot of pressure to get stuff done. You know, I'm not under the gun and, you know, deadlines and time restraints and, and I'm going back and, and that's, that's the professional side, but on the personal side, uh, you know, working outside of the office with my photography gig, going through and re-editing some old photos or looking at catalogs I haven't touched before. I'm like, Oh, here's some hidden gems I can work on right now to you know use for marketing. And 
you know, then reinventing, you know, how I'm going to market myself now that, you know, what, if we start, are we allowed to shoot weddings, you know, come June after the whole stay at home is lifted. And if so, how many people, it just, there's so many different variables. And the great thing is I'm now I'm taking time and I'm sit, stepping back and I'm reevaluating and re, re, reinventing everything, so to speak, just so I can, I'm ready for when we are allowed to go back to do, you know, concerts, portraits, whatever. I'm ready to do it, you know, so that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. I feel like we're going to all, like, all of us photographers and just creatives in general are just going to go back with so much creative energy that we're just going to be killing it, like, all the time. It's going to be awesome. I I totally agree. And then there's also going to be those people who, I hate to say it, you know, if they're working right now, like in Washington State, if they get caught working, like, like the some of the photo shoots, if you get caught working, they can yank your business license. You can never be licensed again. So that's one, that's another reason why I haven't gone out to do anything. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people, I had a photographer who was in um, a wedding, a fellow wedding photographer reached out to me and she was like, um, are we allowed to do weddings? Because I've been seeing people doing like wedding photography. And I was like, as far as I know, no, <laughs> Um, I'm not going to risk it, but like, I know some people are getting really creative with like, like, um, I don't know, like sports photography and they're not really making a profit off of it. So I don't think it would have, it would, you know, have anything to do with their business license, but they're kind of like, you know, saying I'll, I'll send you an email, these pictures, just something fun, like a project, which I think is really cool. Um, I haven't really, I've just been really paranoid to go anywhere other than the grocery store if I absolutely have to. So I have not even. I think the only thing that I've done as far as photography is when I go on like nature walks with my family, I'll get some pictures of them. They hate me taking pictures of them, but I, that's about the, the most I get out of photography during this. I understood. Understood. Um, what are some of your goals or what are some of your aspirations you still have to achieve or what are you looking to accomplish within the next, you know, couple, oh. five, ten years? Gosh, I mean, my ultimate goal and I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I just, I have to like will it. So I want to shoot, um, like award shows, like billboard music awards, Grammys, Oscars, mainly music. I would probably do like MTV, MTV music awards, believe it or not, would be ideal for me because I, I grew up watching it all the time mm-hmm. and I would love to shoot something like that. Um, that is my ultimate goal. And then another one, and you were talking about Iron Mike, I want to do like a festival cruise. Like I want to shoot a festival cruise so bad. I had my first experience with a cruise all around. Um, I, it was my first cruise and it was my first festival cruise and it was with Warp Rewind and I'd won my spot on the cruise because, um, a friend of mine was in a band. He was trying to, um, be win a spot as a band on the cruise like it's supposed to be like the stowaways kind of like would be for ship rock i guess um and he's like please go to the website and vote for me i saw him post about it i was like oh cool i'll go vote for him i want to go vote for him and this like pop-up came up it was like would you like to try to win a cruise and i was like sure i was putting my name and i ended up winning and he ended up not getting on the boat with his band which is sad but i was so glad that i won that and it was the best experience i've ever had in my life I'm talking like you're going to a beautiful island and you get to listen to music from sun up to sundown, like all throughout the ship. You get to walk around with the band members. Like I got so many pictures of all these band members. They're just walking and they're going to the shows themselves as fans. And 
it was just a really cool experience. And I would love to photograph that. I took my camera. I mean, I was in the group, like in the fans, like just shooting from the crowd like anyone would. It wasn't like in the pit or anything like that, but I had a lot of fun. I would love to shoot one of those. So on a, I mean, maybe it's not my place to ask right now, but when you go on a cruise like that and you do you take your DSLR, are they going to give you riffraff for it for not having a photo pass or I mean, they, they can't throw you out <laughs> or they could probably throw you right, in your room. Exactly. But. <laughs> where, where are you going to go? <laughs> so I was worried they would like when I was getting in that they would see my camera, like, you know, have you go in a concert and they're like, Oh, you can't have that. And I was like, no way you can't have that. Cause people take pictures when they get to the islands and stuff. So I was like, they're not going to say anything. Cool. All right. That's good to know. So, and anybody wants to go on a cruise and starting in 2021, now you know. So <laughs> <laughs> the cruises are cheap right yeah. now. Oh, I don't. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> unless you're in. Yeah. Oh, no, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> yeah, it it just sucks. Me. You know, speaking of travel, it just sucks because uh, you know my my dad lives in California, and him and my sister were going to come up and. Uh, and he's going to be, he just turned 79 and it's just like, all right, cool. He's going to come on up and, you know, kind of a morbid thing. He was like, okay, go talk about the end of life stuff. And then you got to plan it all out. And I want to see my grandkids and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like two days before they were supposed to come up California and bam, stay at home order, no essential travel. And then uh, Washington state followed through, bam. So it's like, well, you know, my dad's, he's pretty, he's always upbeat. He's like, yeah, this will pass and we'll, we'll hook, we'll get together. Don't worry about it. And then so I'm like, all right, that's cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in his side of the family. Like his guy, his grandmother lived to be 89, I believe his mother lived to be 94. Oh, wow. So I'm counting on him to be 125. <laughs> so he's, he's still got a while to go. So he's, he's all, he's good. So, um, what part of California is he living in? Um, so if you, if you're looking at a map and you know where San Francisco's at, you go a little bit South and you got San Jose, then you go a little bit South from there, you have a, a city called Salinas, California. And I grew up in a, in Monterey County. Uh, we moved up there from Los Angeles in 1975. And at the time the town only had like 3000 people. And I think they may have counted the prison population at the time because Soledad state prisons there. And so, um, now I think they got closer to 30,000 people. So it's, it's grown quite a bit. And they, they, when I, when we first got there, there was only two schools. There was a kindergarten through fourth grade, no kindergarten to third grade. Then the next one up was fourth through eighth. And you had to go to the next town over to go to high school. Now they've got multiple schools. They've got middle schools, they've got high schools and it, it it's that whole area is just blown up. So. That's a, I, I mean, California is where I want to live. That's, that's, the goal one day is to live in California. I think every time I've been to California, it's been amazing. We'll say every time I've gone to California, I've not had to pay to go out there. So I don't know. I'm sure I've been told you don't want to live there. It's so funny. I talk to people who live in California and they're like, don't come live out here. It's so expensive. You don't want to live out here. And I'm just like, I just want to go so bad. Yeah. And you know, I, I lived there for a majority of my life and I'll be honest with you. When I left there in 2008, cost of living was crazy and salaries weren't very good. I get to the Seattle area, cost of living was, was affordable. And I mean, I make more money in the Seattle area than I ever did in Silicon Valley. And I was never able to buy it. You know, it's so, that's so funny that you live in Seattle because I was just talking to my husband today about how, when this is all over with, I want to take a trip to Seattle and Portland mm-hmm. because I've never been out that way. 
um, I really, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Right. And, I'm, and I've been told that you can take like a tour of like the school and stuff like that. Um, and then also, of course, you know, Nirvana. And um, mm-hmm. then I would love to go to Astoria um, to see the Goonies house. Oh, yeah. I'm weird. No, no, that's that's awesome. Uh, if Have you ever watched the movie Singles? Yes, yes, okay, I so, love singles. So um, a lot of the stuff that you see in the movie is still around. Um, there's a record store in West Seattle that's got the whole Mother Love Bone logo on the side of it. Jeff Amet from Pearl Jam recreated that just for a special event they were having a couple of years ago. What else is, um, like uh, Nirvana is actually from maybe about an hour and a half south of Seattle. They just, you know, who's ever heard of Aberdeen? You know, so we're just going to say we're from Seattle. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff here. I actually live about 35 miles from Seattle. And so I'm kind of like in the middle of Seattle and Tacoma and also the mountains. So I can go, if we wanted to, we can go skiing when there's snow in the mountains, 30 minutes away. If we want to go see my mom down in Tacoma, you know, or whatever the case may be, it's just, and also being where we live at, we don't pay all the crazy taxes like Seattle would or the, you know, they, they tax everything because we don't have a state income tax. So everything's more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Booze is more expensive. And, but you know, just how it is. Yeah. And it's, it, See, that's the plan. I want to move to California. I want to live outside of LA because I love LA so much. Like I want to live like in either like North Pomona or like Oxnard or something like that and just travel into LA. Right. Yeah, but the problem is, though, from Los Angeles to San Jose is just one big giant town. <laughs> There's just so many people there now. It's not even funny. And, you know, and, and yeah, you know, I don't I, I like going back to visit, but I will never move back to California. So I mean, we're, we're trying to plan our next. I hear so many people say that that live there. That, that just hurts my heart. Like, I think I I think I would love California. I just I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, as many times I've been a few times. I loved it right. every time I've gone. I have a few friends who moved and they stayed because of the industry they work in. But um, I've had a few friends get down there like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make, you know, 30000 40000 more dollars. And they get down there and they come back a couple years like, dude, all the taxes that I have to pay for my income taxes and, yeah. and, and cost of living. It was just cheaper to stay cost here. Cost of living, yeah. yeah. So, but do you have any advice for any up and coming photographers who are looking to either get into wedding photography or concert photography or just photography in general? Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing that anyone can do, and I wish, you know, we were talking earlier about how I wish I had learned my camera better. I wish I had started out shooting local shows more, like, at the beginning and learning my camera and learning what it's like before I jumped into, like, big shows. Because my first big show was Avenged Sevenfold, Bullet for Valentine, it was of Chaos Festival. And it was just like, you know, I probably should have learned my camera a little bit better. So if you're really starting out and you're you're new to everything like new to your camera new to shooting concerts and music and learning the light situations definitely shoot local shows they need the the photography just as much as you need the training so um go to as many shows as you can and shoot as many shows as you can and then um i get a lot of people ask me like you know how do you get approved to shoot shows you need an outlet you absolutely need an outlet so i mean there's so many online like concert blogs these days that you can reach out to just about any of them. Um, and I wouldn't say that you can shoot like um, Metallica right off the bat from an online blog. I mean, who knows? You might be able to, um, but um, start 
understand that you got to start small and kind of move your way up. Um, yeah, it, I just I think the the best thing you can do is just keep shooting as much as you can. Also, if you get in the rut like of like comparing yourself to others and you're like I'm just not improving, um, just um, reach out to people. Some people are not going to be um, open to sharing. Um, I think the best thing when you're reaching out to photographers is, you know, don't ask them like, what, what presets are you using or what was your camera settings? I mean, cause, cause that's kind of irrelevant. I feel like if you're wanting to know about concert photography, you really need to know like things like, you know, well, how do I get approved? Or, you know, I see that you shot this and it looked like this. What was your, you know, what kind of, advice can you give on lighting and stuff like that? Because, you know, camera settings are going to change for every situation. So if you're asking about camera settings, it's really kind of hard to like tell like a good general setting for every concert. And so how can people find you online website, Instagram, whatever the case may be? Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Gen D photography I get on Twitter occasionally. I'm old and I don't really like Twitter that much because I feel like Instagram is more picture focused. Um, I just started a TikTok too. So, I mean, oh, let's no. follow me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gen D Photography. Um, and then my website, www.gendphotography.com. And that's with one N or two Ns? Uh, two Ns. All right. So I'll put all that in the description box when it gets posted online. And do you have any people you want to thank any type of shout outs or kudos you want to throw out there? Well, thank you. First of all, for having me on, I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I think you're um, a good asset to the community as well, doing what you're doing. Um, Shout out to Todd O young, definitely go follow him on Twitter. Um, And, you know, Alex for giving me a job at the Fillmore and Catherine Tyler for iHeart. She's not there anymore, but she gave me, she uh, gave me my first chance at shooting a big festival like that. So I really appreciate her. Awesome. So thanks again for taking time out of your day to give me a call. I really appreciate it. Uh, great conversation. It was great getting to know you a little bit better. I mean, we, we kind of knew each other okay from being online, but I'm really glad I got a chance to talk to you. And and quite honestly, when I sent you the message, like, Hey, would you be interested? I actually counted on you saying, nah, he's nobody. But then you're like, hell yeah, dude, I'll totally do it. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Of course. I'd love to. Thank you for having for me. For sure. It's just that, um, I, you know, that you, you get a lot of, you know, a lot of the podcasts out there and it's a lot of like the how to's and do this and all political stuff. And I'm just wanting to do it because, Hey, you know what? I love doing this. It's fun. Let's get other people who enjoy it on here, whether it's musicians, whether it's photographers, hell, even martial artists, if it has the word artist in it, I want to talk to them. And this is a really good outlet. And, and, you know, and, and it makes for, for good conversations. And, and, it, and I, you know, I've gotten to talk to some really cool people. I, uh, a couple of days ago, I talked to Justin from the band St. Diablo. That was a great conversation. I talked to Chris Poland who runs Eclipse records. That was awesome. Talked to this guy named Adon who used to sing for a band called Ghost Ship Octavius. That's a band you need to check out. They are incredible. And, you know, it's just. I will definitely pick them out. Yeah. So if you like, if you like melodic uh, progressive metal, you're going to love them. And the crazy thing is they have two albums out. They're both incredible. And they, you can tell it's Ghost Ship, but they sound polar opposite of each other. They're, they're awesome albums. So, you know, just. Uh, well, I will definitely pick them out. Yeah, for sure. So. 
again, thanks again. Um, you know, be careful out there, take care of yourself and, uh, say hello to your family for me. And, uh, I'll let you know when this is ready to go live and I'll drop you a message. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thanks for letting me ramble with my awkwardness. No, it's all good. Cause a lot, there a lot of the stuff I don't know, I didn't know about. And this is great that you were able to open up and talk about your, your experiences and share that knowledge with other people who may get, who may listen to this or whomever you share this with. And they'll be like, Oh, this is great. Cause you know, we only find so much information online and being able to hear it from, exactly. you know, being able to hear from the person's mouth, like, this is what I've been through. This is what I've experienced. This is what I think you need to do. And it's just, 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 it's good hearing different people's perspectives because my perspective is going to be different than yours. So. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. And you know, right now podcasts are great because what else are we doing? So I hope I'm going to make sure to share this with everybody so everybody can hear it. Awesome. <laughs> So it may, it may take about a week or 10 days to get it, get it to you, but I'll definitely have it in, in your pipeline. So Awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. And uh, have yourself a good evening. Do what? Have yourself a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> you too. All right. I appreciate it. Bye. Right, bye-bye.